Welcome to the Creating Wealth Show with Jason Hartman. You're about to learn a new slant on investing, some exciting techniques, and fresh new approaches to the world's most historically proven asset class that will enable you to create more wealth and freedom than you ever thought possible. Jason is a genuine, self-made multimillionaire who's actually been there and done it. He's a successful investor, lender, developer, and entrepreneur who's owned properties in 11 states, had hundreds of of tenants and been involved in thousands of real estate transactions. This program will help you follow in Jason's footsteps on the road to your financial independence day. You really can do it. And now, here's your host, Jason Hartman, with the complete solution for real estate investors. Welcome to episode 1168, 1168. Thank you so much for joining me today. I've got our investment counselor, Doug, here with me, and we've got a variety of topics to discuss with you today, all important to your financial well-being and, hey, important to your reduced stress level. We're going to talk about some things that can reduce your stress, too. Well, those both tie together probably, right? Doug, welcome. How are you doing? Doing well, doing well. I was just thinking, I go, yeah, every time we talk, we always cover a variety of topics. Some people might say it's because we don't focus, but I like to think it's because we're Renaissance people who have a broad variety of interests. Hey, you know, sometimes focus is overrated. <laughs> Not always. <laughs> yeah. that, that, that's, the, that's the funny thing about life, you know. You can't take any concept necessarily as the gospel. There's a quote uh, about that. You know, no rules or laws apply universally, dot, 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 including this one. <laughs> so, you know, that's one of the things. Yeah, what would you like to kick it off with? You want to talk about the rapper 50 Cent and that disgraceful music? Do you want to talk about this identity theft uh, new scandal or what? I was going to say, well, so first of all, you got to say it right. It's 50 Cent. 50 you know, Cent. Yeah, 50 cent. And so, yeah, because it looks like uh, he had a was it 50,000 square foot mansion in Connecticut that he put on the market for I think it was what about 18 and a half million bucks in 2007. It was and it wait, just wait. sold for 2.9. You, you, you're telling me his his mansion was only 50,000 square feet? <laughs> uh, yeah, 50 Cent had 50,000 square feet. It was on 17 acres, too. So, I mean, Not you know, bad. the thing was practically a shack. My, my dog would love to live there on 17 acres. That would be pretty <laughs> cool. That would be pretty cool. Hey, by the way, you live on a lot of uh, space. What do, what do you have, an acre or two? In, yeah, uh, about three. Yeah, yeah, three, three acres. acres wow. the back to, yeah, it's... Uh, was it last October, I put an invisible fence around the whole perimeter for our dog, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, that's the, the invisible Do, fence. Does that work? You have the control collar. Oh, yeah, it works great. Yeah. It works fantastic. It's easier than a real fence, but yeah. that's a lot of land to circle with an invisible fence, right? I go, I know. Yeah, as it was, I think I had to get 2,000 foot spools of uh, of wire in order to... <laughs> and, and you, and you bury them under the ground. So what I did was uh, on the fence line, I just went at ground level and then on the front road frontage i had to i buried it under the ground how, otherwise how deep, it, how deep basically what i do is i just take a i just took a shovel mm-hmm. and then i slid it in at an angle mm-hmm. and then i just basically got my fingers dirty and i tucked the and i tucked the wire underneath the ground so what's it two inches under or just yeah what? something like that oh yeah, yeah okay okay interesting yeah, yeah. it's well, not very far hey, underneath folks on this show you not only learn how to make a fortune with income property but you learn how to install an invisible fence for your dog so very good very good 
Okay, so uh, yeah, so fifty cents uh, mansion. Now, why is this? Everybody listening is like, okay, this is just celebrity news and gossip. Why is it important to us? Well, it is important because. As you know, Harry Dent has been on the show many times, and a lot of people criticize him and say, hey, he's always wrong, but he's not always wrong. And one of the things he predicted, which I think is interesting, and I think his philosophy of studying demographics and how they impact economics and investments is a very legitimate uh, part of the dismal science of economics. He predicted that the McMansions, now this is not a McMansion, this is a mansion mansion we're talking about, but it's just an example of the concept, that those would really suffer and languish on the market as baby boomers retired, as they became empty nesters, and they just didn't want to maintain these giant houses. And of course, this is a bit of an absurd example, but it has a little celebrity tinge. So, you know, it's kind of interesting, right? So his 50,000 square foot mansion has been on the market for 12 years, more than a decade, 12 whole years. And after lowering the price many, many times, he finally sold it. He originally was asking Doug, what, 18 and a half million bucks, right? 18 and a half million. Yeah. He bought it from Mike Tyson for 4.1 million in 2004. Wow, wow, yeah. Well, I hope Mike Tyson didn't bite <laughs> off his ear or anything, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so he bought it from Mike Tyson for 4.1 million, put it on the market originally for 18.5, and what he end up selling it for? 2.9 million. 2.9. Wow, yeah. wow. And here's they a piece. Only, Here's he only a, lost 1.2. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but it, all the time value of money he lost and the opportunity cost, obviously, right? And a big difference between his expectations. And here's the most interesting thing of all. His real name is Curtis James Jackson III. So now you know 50 Cent's real name. <laughs> Don't you mean 50 Cent? 50, 50 Cent or whatever. 50 Cent. Yeah, okay. There you go. Good <laughs> stuff, good stuff. So anyway, a little, little interesting story there. So... We're seeing this now, uh, listeners. We are seeing the McMansion glut almost everywhere. It is a big glut of McMansions, and they are pretty soft on the market. And maybe, if Harry Den is right, they'll get a lot softer now. Harry really predicted, I remember this prediction back from 1995 when I first read it in his book, and he was talking about that this would happen around 2010 to 2013. He was a little late. So I guess you could say he was wrong or early, <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of an interesting story. One of the things I was thinking is, yeah, the, the upshot of that is that if you're going to buy a McMansion, make sure that you're okay with staying there for a really, really long time. Right. And make sure you get a good enough deal on it to Make sure you get yourself. a good deal. Exactly. Yeah, yeah really interesting. <laughs> what else on the agenda, Doug? One of the things I saw, there was a really interesting article on Investopedia about how... Um, there's a push to make uh, make personal finance required curricula. The one that we always talk about is how there's one and a half trillion dollars of student debt. Mm -hmm. I also saw that the average household credit card debt is up at I think about eighty two hundred dollars, wow. which doesn't sound like a lot That's to a, a lot, lot of listeners here. Yeah, but, but, but to real to regular people, to the yeah. to the hoi polloi, the masses, that's a lot of credit card debt. Yeah. Well, because you know, think about it like this, right? Your average, I think, average household income is probably what like around forty five thousand, fifty thousand, something like that. 
Yeah, I think it's like 52,000. But Yeah, 52,000. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you figure that this 8,000 is like 15% of household mm-hmm. income yeah. in unsecured credit card debt. This isn't even attached to an asset. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's really... even attached to a depreciating asset. Yeah. You know, at least a car loan is at least attached to something that go, you know, goes down in value, but at least it's an asset. Right. And yeah. of course, you know, your mortgage is attached to a hopefully appreciating asset. A couple of interesting bullet points here in the Investopedia article. 40%, I mean, this is so sad. It, this really makes me sad. 40% of U.S. adults don't have enough savings to cover a $400 emergency. Now, that that is just terribly sad. And, you know, I can attest to that because when I was a kid growing up, my mom didn't have that money to cover that $400 emergency, adjusted for inflation either way if you want. But I remember her being incredibly stressed about her car insurance costs going up. And all this type of stuff. And I, you know, it finally, when I got to about ninth grade, and, you know, that's when I kind of noticed that all the good looking girls were hanging out with all the rich kids in in junior high school. And I thought, I I think I want to be in that group. I like it better than my group. (laughs) So that's that's when I kind of started paying attention to money. But who wants to live like that? It's awful, right? So, you know, take care of this. I'm I'm pretty sure that nobody wants to live like that. Well, you know, you'd be surprised. I mean, (laughs) Surprised. You'd be surprised. I, I, whether it's their stated goal or not, you know, you you could argue that by default they wanted to live like that because they failed to plan, and failing to plan is planning to fail. It's debatable, but yeah, listen, a large part of life is luck and circumstances. I will not deny that. Either way, it's it's just very sad. It's very sad. Median retirement savings for Americans between fifty-five and sixty-four is 104000 but here's what that really means. It means $310 per month invested in an annuity. That's what that's that equates to. That's not a lot of cheese. To. Yeah, that's not a lot. No, no question about it. You mentioned the credit card debt, $8,284, highest level in a decade. Student loan debt, insane. One thing that I'll kind of, an anecdote I'll put on that, so... My wife and I, we just took our kids to Cabo San Lucas for spring break. My in-laws have a timeshare there. And of course, you know, it was fun. It was sunny. Kids whoa, played whoa, in the pool, whoa, whoa, played whoa, on the beach. Whoa, stop, whoa, stop. Whoa, whoa. You, let, you let your in-laws buy a timeshare? No, they Shame already, on you. <laughs> I go, they had it long before they met me. They bought it in like 1991. Yeah. But one thing I did do was they really wanted another week and they were getting pitched by the people at the resort. And I was like, no, 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 no. If you really Don't want another week, just it. go buy it on the open market. Yeah. You'll get it for a quarter of the price. Yeah, absolutely. And Good they price. got it on the open market mm-hmm. for a quarter of the price. Okay, fair deal, fair deal. Yeah, timeshares are pretty much a ripoff <laughs> everywhere. But if you get a good enough deal on it, it could make sense. But the thing that'll kill you is the maintenance fees. The maintenance, so, yeah. yeah. The thing that's actually interesting is that timeshare business is actually going away from the timeshare model. Because the way that it used to work was you'd have a fractional ownership and you'd basically have an entire week that you had to occupy the unit. Uh, whereas the way that a lot of the pitches are going like now, vacation is, clubs and different yeah, things, it's, right? it's yeah. like it's usually a, some kind of point-based vacation club, because I think the pitch that we heard when we were down there last time is that they're actually trying to reconstitute the contracts so that they're actually tied in with real estate versus being a fractional lease, so that you can, you know, so you're able to legally list your time on a site like Expedia, because Expedia is really looking for premium inventory. Because for some of these places, yeah, some of these places, especially like at Cabo San Lucas and Spring Break, there's no inventory. There's just 
none. Yeah. And so it's actually kind of interesting to see how the extremely overpriced end of the real estate segment is even adapting a little bit. Yeah, very, very interesting. Yeah. But anyway, that um, distracted me from what my actual point was, which was that, of course, we were down there during college spring break. And so there were college kids just everywhere. I mean, everywhere. And what amazed me was how, you know, how, how they, drunk they were. Uh, well, exactly. Yeah. yeah. They, they start drinking about 10 in the morning. Oh, it's disgusting. Yeah. And they'd keep going until about four in the afternoon, at which point they'd get ready to go out for dinner. And then, I, you know, usually they'd come back from the clubs about one o'clock because that's when I could hear them in the halls. Of course, you know, I was asleep by like 930 because, you know, I'm, I'm a parent now. That's well, me too. I've been a parent I, I, for a while. Early, <laughs> early to bed, early to rise is the yeah, exactly. only way to do it. Yeah. Because I go, you know, but yeah, you know, my kids are nine and 12. You know, my partying days are long over. But anyway, I, I, I can't, just, Doug, I can't ever imagine you as a partier. That's just, I really wasn't. Yeah. I really wasn't. But, and so you're, you're, you're not very fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a lot more fun than you give me credit for Jason. Okay. Well, I, I can't wait to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a lot more fun than you give me credit for. Um, you you do so, have but, really good ideas though. <laughs> but anyway, what happened was these kids are all partying this whole time. And I'm like, okay, no, I know that number one, partying is expensive. And I'm like, okay, where in the heck are these kids getting the money to party so much? Because I remember back when I was going to college, I was broke all the time. I was always broke. Like I never had any money. I didn't have two nickels to rub together ever. I was literally rolling dollars to pay my car insurance. I was I, so I broke. I think we got the point. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> But anyway, I'm like, okay, they've either got really rich parents who are financing them or they have a lot of debt or both. And my estimate would be both. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, that's, that's really sad, the this, this student loan debt scam. We've talked about it many times. But financial literacy, now, does this apply to college or grade school or, or, or the whole thing? I mean, what are they saying here? Because it is absolutely disgusting that mm -hmm. the school system does not teach financial literacy. And I was a junior achievement instructor for three years. I just volunteered and I would go into a class one day a week. And, you know, what I was really doing there is I was just giving the teacher some time off. So, you know, the teacher could sit there and do busy work or whatever. And so I'd teach the class. And I, I did like fifth and sixth grade. I did senior high school. I did uh, ninth grade, I think, once and, mm -hmm. you know, moved around. It was mind boggling to me how these kids just knew nothing. They had no concept. You know, like in high school, I'd always get the questions about cars, right? Should I buy a car? Should I lease a car? What should I do? Use, new, what should my goal be? And I would help them figure that out and, you know, give examples on the whiteboard. When I went to school, it was a chalkboard and it was uphill both ways in the snow in Southern California. But that's another subject. Joking, <laughs> joking, joking, joking. Uh, Jason, you're not being accurate. Yes, that's right. I know. <laughs> Hopefully nobody will sue me for that comment because it's not accurate. <laughs> but anyway, it's amazing. They just don't get that kind of education. Financial literacy is a real thing. You know, it's not math. It's different than math. It's a math is part of it, but it is a field of study. There's no question about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. For example, there's a couple of things that are that are counterintuitive. So, I just think you know, human beings naturally think linear. So, for example, you would think interest, okay, you know, if I have $100 and I get 2% interest, okay, I have I have $102 at the end of the year. 
But then if you, you know, people are generally speaking pretty bad about intuitively compounding that out and they're extremely bad at adjusting it for inflation because if I get 2% interest and inflation is 4%, I'm actually losing 2% every year in real purchasing power. You know, now, of course, inflation is dependent on what you're buying. If you're buying anything made out of technology, it's actually deflating. If you're buying anything that's real or consumable, it's probably inflating. But still, I think the reason why uh, financial literacy topics are so difficult for a lot of people to pick up is because they're not, in, they're not naturally intuitive to most people. A lot of times they don't really figure it out until not it's too late, but until they've already made some mistakes. Yeah, good point. It would be great to see something like this. And I tell you that the student loan scam, it is just unbelievable how they are talking these kids and these parents into these student loans. Uh, we've talked on the show before about stories where uh, grandparents, a little old lady grandmother is getting her house foreclosed on because she co-signed on a student loan for her grandkid. I mean, <laughs> This is awful. They are just scamming people left and right. That industry is is really, really, uh, it's, it's pretty shameful. Okay, let's talk about a very important part of financial life, Doug. Mm -hmm. And that is, we talk a lot about making money and creating wealth on the show and so forth. But what about protecting what you already have? I have been the victim of various forms of identity theft several times. This is the crime of our time because it's not that likely anymore that your house will get broken into. Everybody's got alarm systems and so forth nowadays. So uh, that's a little less likely than it was maybe in the old days. Um, it's not as likely you're going to get mugged on the street. Of course, this is context sensitive depending where you live. Mm -hmm. But most people are on guard for these types of things in one way or another, right? But identity theft, it is just so pervasive. And I would encourage all of our listeners to never give out their credit card numbers. Do not ever do phone orders where you tell another human your credit card number. The funny thing is, too, in Europe, when you pay the bill at a restaurant, the waiter comes to your table with the credit card machine. That card is never out of your sight, okay? Now, if they had some sophisticated way of stealing it electronically, they could still steal the information. But the card is never out of your sight. The new Apple card, in conjunction with the crooks at Goldman Sachs, has no number on it. There's no card number at all. It's simply a chip that you insert. So when using a credit card, only swipe or place an order on a secure website. Do not actually give the number to anybody. That would be one tip. Obviously, you have a paper shredder that is a cross-cut shredder and shred everything, everything, even the envelopes that have your name on them. I shred them all. It's just too risky. It's a huge problem. So this is inspired by this news story, Doug. And, mm -hmm. you know, if you shopped at any of these 11 major merchants, which mm -hmm. I, I guarantee you, almost everybody listening has, has shopped in the past year, your information has been exposed. Guess what? There are all these underground websites out there that have 
whole databases of credit card numbers, social security numbers, date of birth. It's mind-boggling, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. I was I was waiting for the punchline because when I was listening to you uh, talk about the shredding your envelopes, I was like, okay, so is the next thing Jason's going to tell us how to make a tinfoil hat to put on your head so the government <laughs> satellites can't read your brainwaves? Well, that would be that's coming, but we're not there yet. <laughs> I don't I don't think they have the technology yet. But Doug, are you? I mean, I know you're teasing me, but. You shred everything, right? I mean, you're smart enough to do that, I hope. Anything I don't retain, absolutely I shred, yeah. And a lot of times, if I'm traveling, you got to be careful about this too. I actually, I've never done this, but I looked up a YouTube video about it, mm -hmm. you know, because I'll have documents with me and I'll take them with me on a trip. And you don't want to just throw them away, okay, in some trash can, right? And so there is a way to basically effectively shred paper, not by shredding it, but chemically shred it when you travel. <laughs> and I remember, uh, it's like, take the trash bucket and put some soap and water in it and uh, or something like that. And, you know, it'll make it unreadable. So I thought that was pretty cool, but I can't repeat how to do it. Okay, so data breaches are becoming so common. We've all heard the stories. Target, mm -hmm. um, yep. you know, an airline, they all get hacked. The data is breached. Okay, so Buca de Beppo restaurant, Planet Hollywood, Earl of Sandwich, Chicken Guy. I've never heard of that one. Yeah, I've never um, heard of that one. Mixology 101, Marriott Hotels. You probably stayed at a Marriott maybe for our last event. <laughs> the Meet the Masters was at a Marriott in Newport Beach. K Jewelers, Jared, the Galleria of Jewelry, Cheddar's Scratch Kitchen, Macy's. <laughs> I mean, probably everybody listening shopped at Macy's last year, or at least once, right? Adidas, yeah. Saks Fifth Avenue, Lord & Taylor, Under Armour. And that was hacked through the MyFitnessPal app. Not surprised um, by that at all. Panera Bread. I like Panera. I go there a lot. Uh, so that's just an example. Probably everybody listening shopped. Your information has been compromised. There you go. Wow. And because I think the thing that I was just thinking about is, right, there's two sides of it, right? Side number one is the prevention or kind of the, the perimeter prevention, which is basically to say, okay, you know, how do you try to keep your information secure so you don't get hacked in the first place? And then side number two is if you do get compromised, how do you make sure that you can get all your stuff locked down and then rebuild everything so that your life doesn't completely stop for three weeks? You think it's just three weeks? It's way worse than that. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, identity theft problems they just keep haunting you and haunting you. Stuff shows up on your credit report. Stuff shows up in the public records. And it's not you. And one of the things to realize, too, Doug, is that it's not just financial, okay? There are various forms of identity theft. Health insurance identity theft. Medical record identity theft. Criminal record identity theft. Where someone can go out and commit a crime be caught and use your identity. And you can have a criminal record and not even know it. I've heard stories about a pregnant mom. Police walk up to her house and arrest her. And like, she didn't do anything. You know, uh, although not all pregnant moms are innocent. Okay, some of them are crooks. Okay. <laughs> but all of this stuff can happen. There are many forms. Oh, college tuition identity theft. You I know, see that one getting big. Yeah, there are many forms of this. Most of us think of it as simply financial, and that is one of the worst. I remember once a few years back, I got a call 
from uh, someone who said he was a police officer. And he said the right thing, and this is exactly what you should do. Never give out any information to someone who calls you. you know, people call me all the time, and they say, I'm with so-and-so company, you know, or I'm with your bank, or I'm with your credit card company, and I need to ask you some security questions before I can go on. And I turn it around, and I say, wait a sec, I need to ask you some security questions. You need to be able to tell me something that confirms that you are who you say you are. You need to ask them the security questions. Now, I got this call from this police officer, and he really was a police officer, and he said, I want you to hang up, and I want you to look up the police station I'm with, and it was someplace in Central California, and I want you to look up that number online and call me back at that number so you know I'm who I say I am. And I, you know, that's exactly what you need to do. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I called him back. And he said, someone went into a Bank of America in this central California town somewhere and presented a check, one of your checks, for $4,600, and they tried to cash it. Did you create such a check? And I said, I definitely did not. Certainly did and, not. And, and, and so the bank teller got suspicious, thankfully, and you know asked some questions, and the person ran out of the bank. And that's when they call the police. But usually it doesn't happen that way. Usually they actually succeed in the crime. So, folks, this is a big deal. You've got to protect yourself from identity theft. And, you know, there are many monitoring services and restoration services out there. You've heard the commercials. I don't have one to recommend, but using one might be a good idea. Although be careful of them, too, because they get hacked. <laughs> so the best thing to do is once again, become educated. Commandment number one, thou shalt become educated in my 10 commandments. And be your own best advisor. Protect yourself first. That's the first thing to do on this yep. list, okay? Any other thoughts on that, Doug? I think that identity theft and how you can, you know, and just information security and identity security, uh, this isn't going away and there's, there's gonna need to be a lot of evolution. I don't know if there's a way to crack the code but I think it's definitely a wave of the future. There's going to be a lot of need to really figure out ways that you can keep your information secure, you know, without becoming a tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist, right? Yeah. You know, because, you know, all the paranoid stringy hair guys have been running around saying the hackers are coming for decades. And they're here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and they're here, you know, but the whole thing is that, okay, you know, do I want to completely stop my life just to protect my identity? Right. Probably not. And yeah. so the thing that we have to figure out is how do you still live your life, but maintain a reasonable amount of identity security. Right. So here's another, I want to give one more tip. And this just happened to me. I went to the dentist last week and I've seen this so many times over and over on the form you fill out the new patient intake form. It's what is your driver's license number? What is your social security number? Are you married or single? What is your birth date? Like none of that stuff matters to my dentist. They don't need any of it. So I write on those forms. I just write decline, decline, decline. I write the word decline. And they don't need it to clean my teeth. I'm going to pay with a credit card and we're done. The transaction is over. <laughs> you don't <laughs> not need any other information. It's just absolutely ridiculous. So start protecting your information and this will help spread the word throughout society. Refuse to give people your credit card number. Do not give a credit card number to anybody. 
use your credit card. I mean, I use credit cards all the time. I love my credit cards, like Robert Kiyosaki yeah. says, you know, but I pay them off every month, of course. And only type that in at a secure website on a secure internet connection or swipe it or, you know, insert the chip. Do not yeah. give the number to people over the phone or, or in any other way. Do not give out needless information. Your doctor and your dentist do not need your social security number. They do not need your driver's license. And well, the doctor probably needs your date of birth. Okay. But that's it. So start being stingy with information. Okay. You really got to do that. Yeah. Folks, one more thing on your social media accounts, change your date of birth. Don't let your 5,000 Facebook friends know your exact birthday. There's another tip for you. Okay. So Doug, we got to wrap it up. Thank you for joining me today. Any final thoughts? Yeah, no problem. Basically just that I hate to you know, copy your saying, but uh, it is an, uh, also an interesting time to be alive because it's both amazing and terrifying. But uh, it doesn't yeah. have to be terrifying as long as you take some reasonable precautions and do a little bit of planning ahead. That's what we're, for, we're here for. And uh, if anybody wants to talk about how to do that, uh, feel free to sh drop me a line and we'll talk on the phone. Good stuff. And he's Doug at JasonHartman.com. And everybody, thank you for listening today. We will be back with another episode tomorrow. Until then, happy investing. Happy investing. Thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. Be sure to check out the show's specific website and our general website, HartmanMedia.com, for appropriate disclaimers and terms of service. Remember that guest opinions are their own. And if you require specific legal or tax advice or advice in any other specialized area, please consult an appropriate professional. And we also very much appreciate you reviewing the show. Please go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio or whatever platform you're using and write a review for the show. We would very much appreciate that. And be sure to make it official and subscribe so you do not miss any episodes. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode.